Welcome to this podcast by Global Church. We are a church planting movement wanting to reach cities from here to everywhere, one to everyone. If you want to find out more information, check out our website on www.globalchurch.co.uk. Good morning, Global Church and all the friends of Global. I hope that life is treating you well. And if it's not, I hope you are taking life by the, the horns and making it happen. Hopefully today we're going to complete uh, what we've been looking at, and that is the uh, an orphan spirit so, so damaging uh, to individuals, so damaging to communities, so damaging to churches and businesses. This orphan spirit, I'm, I'm trying to identify it in you and in me so that we, as we see it, we think, ah, it's there in me. How do I overcome it? I, I, I want to be free from it. I want to be uh, together. I want to be uh, wholesome. That's not a great word. I think it is a great word, but it doesn't. it's not a sexy word. Wholesome. I want to be whole on, on, on the inside. Uh, I want to be complete. I want to be more able to handle life and not be a victim in life and not be all, all bent out of shape every two minutes, but be able to overcome in life. And, uh, you know, the Bible says God always leads us in victory. And I want us to have victory, not just in eternal life, but in our internal life. And so I, I want to just go, go through those uh, traits of a, a, an orphan spirit or an orphan attitude. Um, but first, let me, let me look at uh, Psalm 142. This is how an orphan spirit sounds. Here we have David. Uh, the, the king of Israel, but he's crying out to God. He says, I cry aloud to the Lord. I lift up my voice to the Lord for mercy. I pour out before him my complaint. Before him, I tell my trouble. When my spirit grows faint within me, it is you who watch over my way. In the path where I walk, people have hidden a snare for me. Look and see there is no one at my right hand. No one is concerned for me. I have no refuge. No one cares for me. I cry to you, O oh Lord. And, you know, David is there saying, it's just me against the world. There's nobody for me. I'm on my own. That's not true. But that's how it feels sometimes in life. And, and it's magnified when you have an orphan spirit. And don't forget, David was the runt of his family. His dad's favourite was Eliab, the oldest brother. David was the under, youngest of about, I don't know, half a dozen, seven, six or seven brothers. He was the youngest. And they put him out with a, a few poxy sheep uh, out in the kind of hills and stuff. Just sent him to toddle off. And uh, they never really bothered about him. And yet he became the champion and the king of Israel. Because God chooses the despised things of this world. The, the, the nobodies of this world. To, to confound the wise and, and to say, it's a bit like God says, who the hell do you think you lot are? <laughs> God can raise up these stones and make great, great people from them. God is amazing. And with, with God, one man is a majority. And it's amazing. And, and so I've got a remedy for us. I've got uh, answers for us about how to overcome uh, an orphan spirit. And we've been looking at the story of... Um, of the two brothers in the story of the prodigal son and one squanders all his inheritance and then comes back says he's sorry to his dad his dad throws a big party for him doesn't chastise him doesn't shout at him I was saying the other week quoting Madonna uh, that great saint <laughs> she, 
when she sang the song, Papa don't preach, I'm in trouble. Papa don't preach, I'm in trouble. This dad didn't preach. He just welcomed his son, kissed him, went out and ran after him and pulled him in. And uh, his love covered his son's sins. And he threw a big party for him, killed the fattened calf. And the older brother, when he was out in the field working, he didn't rejoice that his brother was, that was lost had been found and had come back home. He was angry, a, a strange response. And he couldn't call his brother, brother. He said, this son of yours, when he was talking to his dad, didn't even call his dad father. He just said, you, you never threw me a party. Wow, this is the traits of, a, of a, an orphan spirit. Let me just give you, so I've been giving them each week, but you know, an orphan spirit is, finds it difficult to connect with people. We become more of a loner, really. Don't trust people. Um, we can't love, uh, or we struggle to be loved, because when you've got an orphan spirit, you, you, uh, you can't believe that somebody will just love you for who you are. You have to do something to earn that love. You're ashamed to ask for help. You never feel accepted with an orphan spirit. You feel abandoned. You feel rejected. And your response to that is to, is to perform and uh, uh, to grow your performance and your achievement, achievements in life. You struggle with identity. You're competitive. Sorry, you're competitive, um, but you're never satisfied. Your perfectionism drives you nuts because you, you, you're, it makes you miserable because you never, never, things are just never right, never just quite right. Um, you can't receive the Father's love. You can't accept others. You, you, totally, you're always pointing out their mistakes and their faults. You struggle in relationships. An orphan spirit does all that. Can you see the damage that this does to people? And then does to in relationships, in families, in marriages. An orphan spirit is full of fear and insecurity. It's performance orientated. It's envious of others uh, and wants what other people have got. It's driven to succeed. An orphan spirit uses other people to fulfill their, their goals in life. It's full of anger and fits of rage. It lacks self-esteem. There's more and more uh, traits, but I'm just giving you some. And hopefully, um, if these traits are registering with you, it's, it's like the lights are coming on, thinking, that's me, that's me. I'd never, I'd never thought like this. And I'd never thought like this. But you know, these talks have been ministering to me. My dad died when I was four years old, and he left four children. He couldn't help it, he died. Um, and uh, he left my mother at 27 with four kids. And, uh, and then eventually my mother remarried, had a great stepdad and he's still alive. Uh, and he's a great fellow, been a great dad, always provided, always been there. And, um, but uh, you know, my biological dad, I didn't realize how much I missed him until I had my own sons. And then I realized there was an, inter an intimacy that was missing. And then I started to realize uh, as, as, as I started to look at, I'd noticed traits in people within my church and people within my network of friends. I noticed there's certain traits about them and myself. And then when I started to discover this orphan spirit, 
I just thought, it's an awful thing. And uh, so I've been getting free from it and it's fantastic, but I want you to find freedom in this. And so I've looked at the, the, the six kind of traits uh, of, of an orphan spirit uh, and, um, and now this week, I don't even go over the traits. I've gone over them for two weeks. So I've got to leave them now. I'm going to, um, how do we handle it? How do we overcome an orphan spirit? Well, number one, we have to build relationships. And we have to learn to build a relationship with the Holy Spirit. He's not just a power, he's a person. And Jesus said, I will not leave you as orphans, John chapter 14. I will not leave you as orphans, but I will send you the Holy Spirit who, who's already with you, but he will be within you. And on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came and filled the disciples, 120 of them. Mary, the mother of Jesus, was there. The apostles, most of them were there. Judas obviously wasn't. But, um, but they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit gives you the assurance that you're right with God. It gives you the same spirit that Jesus Christ had. He gives you the spirit of Christ. He is the spirit of Christ. And he comes to live in, in you. So we become one of Christ, a Christian, a Christ one. And uh, anyway, I'm getting, all, I'm getting all wordy here. But uh, number one, build a relationship with the Holy Spirit. He will never leave us and he will never forsake us. There's an intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Can you see it's, this Christianity is not religion. It's a revelation of Jesus. And, he, and, and the Holy Spirit brings that revelation and Jesus becomes real to us. Peter put it like this in his letter. He said to early disciples that had, had never, early believers, that had never met Jesus like he had. And he says, though you've never seen him, you love him. And though you don't see him now, you are filled with an inexpressible joy because you're receiving the goal of your salvation. And they were like, yeah, yeah, I feel that. Whenever we're praying, I feel like full of joy. I feel like Jesus is here. And, and, and Peter's confirming it for him because he was with Jesus when Jesus said, where two or three of you are gathered, there I am in the midst. Hey, what, a, what a great motivation for connect groups in your church. Come on, two or three. We keep looking for 10. Let's get two or three. Let's start with twos and threes and let them grow to fours and fives and six. And then let's keep dividing and multiplying, multiplying until we have a, a, a flaw in our churches of growth where we gossip the gospel, but the Holy Spirit gives the increase. God gives the increase. I'm getting beyond myself. Let's get rid of entitlement. Like the older brother saying, you know, you should have thrown a party for me. You never threw a party for me. It was an entitlement mentality. We can either have an entitlement mentality or we can have an encounter with the Holy Spirit. And I prefer an encounter with the Holy Spirit because he's holy and he makes men and women whole. And that's a beautiful thing. Number two, renew your mind with the truth uh, of what God says about you not what your feelings say about you. Because often your feelings say, nobody likes me, especially when you've got an orphan spirit. Nobody likes me, they're all talking about me. Listen, people are too busy. They don't have you on their mind. You have you on your mind. <laughs> I'm not having a go at you. <laughs> Stay with me. <laughs> you've got you on your mind, but they don't even give you another thought. But renew your mind with God's truth. You know, the father in this story didn't, 
didn't look at his oldest son who'd been working in the field and said, you know, you're a, you've always been a great worker. The older son says, I'm sl I've been slaving for you. He is, he is such a princess. But the father doesn't call him my slave or my worker, my servant. He said, son, this brother of yours was lost, but now he's found. He addresses him as son, relationship, not earning things, not earning his father's love, earning his father's parties, earn. He thought he earned. he earned, he wanted to earn everything. No, 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 and neither can you. We receive the heavenly father's love. We receive forgiveness, it's full and it's free. And the world can't understand it. They think that we're fruit loaves. They think that we're just making all this up, but we experience it. The peace that passes all understanding. The assurance that I am forgiven and I have a place in heaven. Where do you get that from? And every day we can have that assurance. In fact, every day we need that assurance. Peter puts it like this in his letter. Make your calling and election secure. We are called by God to follow him. We've been called and he's chosen us, so he's elected us now as his people to reach the lost and to reach the world. But, you know, Peter says, don't just, don't stand on entitlement like, well, I'm a son or I'm a daughter of the king and so therefore, you, you know, it, it's, it's there forever. No, 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 every day, make your calling and your, your uh, election secure. You know, receive the Holy Spirit every day and you'll walk in the Spirit. You have more chance of walking in the Holy Spirit rather than in the flesh. And uh, renew your mind with the truth of what God says about you. The father calls his eldest son, son, not a worker, not a slave. The older brother never referred to his dad as father in the story. I find that amazing. The younger brother did and had a warm relationship with him. The older brother seemed to have a distant relationship with him. He never called his father, father. He just said, you, you never threw a party for me. I've worked all day for you. You never did this. You never slaughtered the fattened calf. You never gave me a calf and so I could celebrate with my friends. And he never called his own brother, brother. You know what he called him? He said to his dad, this son of yours, not my brother, but this son of yours. Detached, that's an orphan spirit. Detached from people not good at relationships, not wanting relationships, just spitting out angry thoughts, not happy, nothing's quite right. His world is imperfect and getting more and more imperfect and yet he'd been given everything. The father said to him, all I have is yours. What's the matter with you, man? You're worrying about one calf I gave, I gave you the whole cattle. I've given you the farm, the title, you've got everything. But we, we need to have our mind renewed on the truth about what God says about us. When everyone's getting promoted and you feel left behind, you know, you can look and just say, I need to be better at what I do. I need to, I need to get a business going like, like they've got, or I need to be a musician like them. And, I, and it's all competitive. It's, you're feeling like you've been left behind. And I want to say, stop. Listen, you're not a musician. You're a son or a daughter. You're not a preacher, you're a son or a daughter. You're not a church leader, you're a son or you're a daughter to God. You're not a businessman or woman, no, you're a son or a daughter to God. Can you see what I'm saying? You're a son and a daughter first and foremost. It's not what you do that impresses God. It's the thing that touches his heart, his relationship with you. 
And as men, we're not good at relationships. Women are far better at that kind of language. We, we're, we're not like that. So I don't talk about being in love with Jesus. I talk about giving him my allegiance. And, you know, we're different as men, but still, he has my heart. He has unashamedly. And I can say I love Jesus Christ. I have no, no problem about that. I have three sons and I love them unashamedly. And, uh, you know, we've got to get used to some language uh, as men, I think. So the father never complimented the elder son's work. He never stroked him with that. He never said, you know, son, you are a great worker. You are a really good worker. He never did. He just called him son. Because relationship is more valuable to the father than what his son's doing. And it's the same with us. Our relationship with our heavenly father is more valuable than what we do. And it's not that what we do is not invaluable because we're about God's purposes on planet earth. But we've got to understand relationship. Otherwise, we're going to miss out on God's priorities. Number three, don't, uh, uh, sorry, let me just touch on some of the truths that we need to renew our minds with if we're going to overcome that orphan spirit, that rejected spirit, that like I'm an orphan, I don't belong, I don't fit. Romans chapter 8 verses 14 and 15 says this, the spirit you received does not make you slaves again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him, that is the Holy Spirit, we cry, Abba, Father. Which means, Abba means it's more intimate than Father, it's Dad. 1 Peter 5, 7 says this, Cast all your cares and anxiety on him, because he cares for you. So, nobody cares, like that Psalm, Psalm 142, where David's going, Nobody cares, nobody cares. And we've got to see that in God's word, God says to us through his word, cast all your anxiety on me. Give it to me. Peter was a fisherman and he's saying, get all your anxieties and cast them. You know, like them round nets. Cast. Cast all your cares. Where? On God. He's the only one that can straighten them out anywhere. Anyway, he's the only one that can bring you peace. Cast all your cares on him for he cares for you. He said, no, I think he cares for everybody else. I can see he's got favorite. No, no, no. He cares for you. You've got to start believing that. You matter. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Most people believe that God so loved the world, but very few believe that he loves them. Because you are the world. You are the people. You've got to see that it's for you. Apply it to you. That's how we have our minds renewed. Here's another scripture. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. The spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. Since you are his child, then God has made you also an heir. And I think that's in Galatians 4, verse 7. Wow. The, you know, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. That's that's every believer. You know, you can't just walk into a church and say, well, I've become a Christian because I've walked into a church. That's like walking into a garage and saying, I'm a car because I walked into a garage. It's silly. No, God has to do a miracle on your life. And that miracle is bringing the revelation of Jesus Christ. It gives us the spirit of his son. And that spirit calls out, Abba, Father. It's like, I belong. I belong to you, God. And therefore, I belong to your people. And it took me years to belong to church, to understand 
that I belong. I'm accepted as I am. And in global, we want to tell people to belong before they do believe. But when they do believe, a miracle happens. There's a transaction. It's a divine exchange. And God takes away your, your sins and, and he gives you his righteousness, his right standing with him. And it's like you've never, ever sinned. That's what it is. And when God looks at you, he sees Jesus Christ. He doesn't see you. He sees Jesus Christ. We, we, we are covered. And, and so we're now new creatures, new creations in Christ. If any man is in Christ, it says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. And it's like now we start to live out that new righteousness. And of course we make mistakes. And of course we relapse. But that righteousness remains constant. You can't destroy it. It's inviolable. There's a word. It's like you can't destroy it. God has given us his righteousness. And it's not like we're trying to live up to a standard. The standards come to us. Now we just live it out. And we're learning to live it out. And we learn to find out what restricts that, that flaw in our lives. And what enhances that flaw of that godly life coming out of us. And Galatians is full of that. You know, the works of the sinful nature are witchcraft, immorality, drunkenness, nastiness and gossip and all that. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. And they facilitate this godly life coming out of us. Wow, I'm preaching good today. I wish I could take notes on myself, but I'm busy talking to you guys. So we need to have our minds renewed by the truth of what God says about us. Number three, don't let your food go cold by constantly looking at somebody else's plate. Don't let your food go cold by constantly looking at some, what, what's on somebody else's plate. When we compare ourselves to others, we're not wise. You've got to run your race. Wouldn't it be funny if Usain Bolt, I know he's retired, but if he were running, he just kept looking to the side all the time. No, no, no. He, he fixed his, 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 his face forward, his gaze forward, and he's running to the finish. And he's running his race. Regardless of tactics of other people, he's got his own tactics and he's running his race. And we must do that. Look at what's on your own plate. Be grateful for what God has given you. You say, well, I haven't got much. Try living in a third world country. You know, we don't suffer with mosquitoes here that can give you a deadly disease. You know, we, it's, it's amazing what kind of life we're living here in the Western world. I mean, we've got so much to be grateful for. In Britain, we have the NHS. Well, somebody was on a, a, a stretcher for, for four hours in the corridor. Wow. Try, try that in, in some of the African nations. I'm not having a go at Africa here. It's just a fact of life. You can be dazed. You have to bat the flies off and stuff like that. You've got to bat the flies off your, off your wounds and stuff. You know, it's time that we started to give thanks to God for what we've got. Don't let the food grow cold on your plate while you're constantly looking at what's on somebody else's plate. And of the Ten Commandments, you know, they were saying, the, the Tenth Commandment is this, do not covet. And we've got to stop coveting what other people have and start enjoying what we've got. Number four, you cannot overcome an orphan spirit until you let go of an offended heart. You cannot overcome an orphan spirit until you let go of an offended heart. Fairness is not God's way. God's not fair. God's more into favour than fairness. Because you see, when you get, when you look for fairness, when you say, well, that's not fair, like the older brother, 
that's not fair that you threw a party for him. I want one. Well, you see, you, you see the injustice. You, you're like, I want fairness. But when you get fairness and you see God's favour on somebody's life, you're, like, you're, you're unhappy again because you want favour because favour is better than fairness. And God works on favour. And God wants to put his favour on your life so that people are favourably disposed to you. But you see, with an orphan attitude and spirit, people won't be favourably disposed to helping you. Why? Number one, you won't accept it anyway. But number two, you're a prickly customer. And people find it difficult to be with you. But when, when you get rid of that orphan spirit and, and find sonship and relationship with God and learn to have relationships with each other, what happens is you become a beautiful person. That's what, that's what happens to you. And that, you know, so we've got to get rid of offence. There are two types of offence. There's those who think that they've been offended and those who definitely have been offended. And, um, you know, we, we need to be people that make sure that we know that we have been offended, but we have to learn to forgive and move on. And people say, I, I can forgive, but I can't forget. Don't worry about forgetting. But forgive. Forgive from the heart. And when people have done, done harm to you, you're meant to remember. You're not meant to forget because you'll fall into the same trap. But here's the thing. So often, we don't forgive people little things. We don't overlook things that we should do. The Bible says a wise man overlooks an offence. And, you know, when we're building relationships, you've got to learn to overlook offences. And there's times for honesty, but you've got to pick your time. You've got to know the season, the right kind of, not season, that's the wrong word, but the right timing to mention something to somebody and bottom some things out, you know, and talk honestly with each other. Anyway, pride, control, offence. These three things work together to really destroy a person. And I'm working against that. You cannot overcome an orphan spirit until you let go of an offended heart. Come on, learn to forgive and learn to move on. And the Holy Spirit can help you do that. <coughs> Forgiveness sometimes is impossible, humanly speaking. We need the Holy Spirit to help us. Number five, explore your inheritance. God has given us a good life. We have got promises. Peter tells us about God's promises in 1 Peter chapter 2, uh, verses 9 and 10, and uh, 1 Peter 1, sorry, verse 3. There's, there's so many, uh, we've got the precious, what Peter calls the, the precious promises that give us God's power to live a godly life. And it says that we're actually partakers of the divine nature. So let's find out what your inheritance is, that we become like God in our nature. We become loving, we become forgiving, we become uh, steadfast and faithful and we can hold pressure and we can build relationally it's amazing so explore your inheritance and then lastly number six redefine your aim in life redefine your aim in life for the father's success was that he wanted to win his sons both of them you know, he received the first son back in repentance and the second son didn't even come into the party. So he went to find the second son to bring him back in. And um, the father's success was to win his sons. But an orphan success, an orphan mentality, wants the pig, wants the party. I, want, I just want that. <laughs> That's success to them. And it's like, we, you know, we've got to get rid of that mentality. The father gave his possessions away and the son 
the eldest son could only see a party and a goat that was not for him. It wasn't done in his honour, although he was invited and he could have come and shared in his father's success and in his brother's restoration. The father saw the party and the goat, but he saw them as a way to win his son and his son that was lost, but now he's found. And it's so much different. Winning for the father was winning his sons, not winning a party, not winning a pig. The older brother, uh, you know, he thought the father had favourites and it's like, no, his father did the right thing. He celebrated a lost son. And we need to ask the Holy Spirit to give us his promises so that we know his priorities, but also his passion. When you look at the father in the story of the two prodigal sons, he, his priorities was relationship. And if we're not careful, we'll not value uh, what God calls valuable. You know, the oldest son looked at his father's valuables, but he didn't look at his father's values. And so often we want what's in, what, you know, what's valuable in other people's lives. And we don't want the value that God wants to give us. So often we want what's in God's hand and not what's in his heart. Give me, give me, give me. You know, in terms, of, and it's not wrong to ask for things, but, but what I want us to get is our priorities. It's like, God, I want your values. What you value, I want to value. And, you know, we can do that as we, you know, learn the scriptures, learn what the Bible teaches us, and being filled with the Holy Spirit, the Word and the Spirit go together. When you've got the word and the spirit, you've got wisdom and power to change. And you get all that in the name of Jesus Christ. And uh, today I want to invite you to give your life to Jesus. He's told the story of the prodigal son. He knows what the father's like. And he's the one that, that can give us the Holy Spirit and make all these things real to us. So today, if you're saying, I am done with all this, this perfectionism, this can't connect, feeling like people are against me, feeling like I'm on my own in life, I'm going to say reconnect with God Almighty through his son Jesus Christ and then come and find community in global church or a church near you. If you want to do that, I'm going to invite you to say a prayer today and there's nothing magical about the prayer, but if you're sincere, a miracle will happen in your heart and you'll know forgiveness and eternal life. You can say amen to this prayer and agree it. Uh, I'm going to say this prayer. You repeat it in your heart. Lord Jesus, thank you that you died on the cross to take away the offence of my sin so that God can forgive me. And Lord, I, I pray that uh, not only will you forgive me today, but you'll give me the Holy Spirit. And I receive you, Holy Spirit, into my life to give me power to change and power to follow you every single day. Help me to overcome the ugliness that's on the inside of me. And I receive your beauty. I receive the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, the self-control, etc., etc. Lord, I receive your eternal life now in Jesus' name. And I say thank you. Amen. And if you said that prayer today, let us know by email. But also, we're a church planting movement as global. Get in touch with us. Come on, time short. Jesus is coming back. And uh, we don't know when, but it's closer now than when we first believed. So get in touch with us. 
We're raising up an army of people who will spread the gospel. You know, thousands in England, but millions throughout the world. And come and join us and enable us to fulfill the vision that God has given us to be a global church. Thanks for your time. Have a great week. Stay safe and we'll see you next week. From the team here at Global Church, thank you for listening to this podcast. Please check out our other messages available on the website 